Rashana Perik Base Mishnah Test two nine, the last of the Perik, and really we were picking up where we left off in the previous Mishnah, which was in a very tense moment where Rabbi Yehoshua, the Gadol Ador, and the Av Bezin of Sanhedrin had said that it was impossible that yesterday should have been Rosh Chodesh if tonight we still can't see the new moon, and therefore Rabbi Gamliel should overturn things and make. Today be Rosh Chodesh, meaning Rosh Hashanah, and not yesterday. Rabbi Gamliel, being the Nasi, for his part, wasn't backing down. And he insisted that yesterday was Rosh Hashanah and Rosh Chodesh, and today is already the second day of the new year. Now, that would lead potentially to a very big schism in Klal Yisrael, because you have a split between the Nasi and the Bezdin, Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Yoshua. And the consequences are that in eight or nine days from now, we're going to have Yom Kippur. Is it eight or nine days? And obviously the stakes are high. People take Yom Kippur very seriously. When are they going to fast? One day, the second day, both days. And if you have a split in Kalaisra like that, two different Yom Kippurs, it's like a, there's going to be two different sects, two different, uh, you know, there's an issue of losus go to do. You can't do that. You can't have different factions doing different things in Kalaisra. Everyone's going to have uniformity. Now, in the time of the Second Temple, there did become two major groups, the legitimate groups, um, the schools of Basil and Beishamai, aside from all sorts of illegitimate groups like the Stukim and the Baisusim and the Essenes, but there were such a thing. There was such a thing as you know when Basil and Beishamai disagree on something as Tahor or Tame or Mutter or Asr. Um, you know, like there was almost like the Gemara says it. It's almost as if there were two different Torahs, two different Torahs in Klal which of course is a very precarious situation. Rabbi Gamliel took the position that after the Chorban. The Jews no longer had the luxury of allowing for Kishtei Toros if there were two Toros in Klai Israel. We already were, you know, had been decimated by the Romans. Times were very difficult. They were already working out of Yavna instead of Yushalayim. And Klai Israel was um, really downtrodden and and uh, depressed. And he didn't see it as a viable option to, in that state of Gullus, to have like Klai Israel going their separate ways into different schisms. So that was a recipe for social disaster. Therefore, he was insistent, and this um, is not going to be the only time we see in, in the Gemara that he was insistent that um, it has to be his way, and there could be no toleration of, of variance. Um, not because he was whatever doing it for his own interests, um, but because we felt just absolutely this, it was essential for Klal to have a uniform halachic approach and uniform practice. And therefore, he put his foot down and said, nothing doing Rabbi Yeshua, we're not allowing Rabbi Yeshua to disagree with me publicly regarding when Yom Kippur falls out, lest we have the schism in Klal And therefore the Mishnah says, Shalach lo Rabbi Gamliel, sent a message to Rabbi Yeshua. Gozorani alecha shetavo etzli b'maklecha uvmosecha b'yom hakipurim shechalios b'cheshbanach. I Demand, I decree upon you formally that you must arrive in my court before me with your stick in hand and your money belt around your waist, you know, with your, on the Yom Kippur that according to your Cheshbon, meaning what I call the 11th of Tishrei. So by, if Rabbi Yeshua would show up with a walking stick, which you can't, and uh, which you can't carry with the, through the Shusarab on, on Yom Kippur, it's like Shabbos, and money in hand, whatever it is, of course, that would indicate to everybody that he had backed down and was agreeing that Yom Kippur wasn't today, it was the previous day, like Rabbi Gula said, and that would ensure uniformity amongst Klal Yisrael. 
Now, this, of course, was very distressing to Rabbi Yoshua, who held that that would be Yom Kippur, and he would be doing Nisr, the rise of Chil Yom Kippur. So, Halachu Matzo Rabbi Kiva Meitzer. Rabbi Kiva went to visit him, attempting to, he wanted to, to assuage his his, uh, his pain, and Rabbi Kiva found that Meitzer really, he was suffering terribly. Ter- you know, in this internal conflict of what do I do? Do I do what Rabbi Gamliel said? And I understand why he's saying that. Um, in terms of what's good for the uniformity and, you know, larger well-being of the community. But it's terrible for me because I hold it to Yom Kippur and I can't do that on Yom Kippur. So he's really suffering. He wished he would have done anything, literally, as Gemara says. He would have endured, you know, tremendous suffering elsewhere rather than have to do, have to endure this terrible predicament that he found himself in. Amar Lo, and Rabbi Akiva said to him, Yeshli lilmot shakol masha asa Rabbi asui. Rabbi Akiva, who was the Talmud of Rabbi Yoshua, Rabbi Akiva had two main Rebbe's, Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Eliezer. This is Rabbi Yoshua's is Rabbi. He, so Rabbi Akiva said, I have a, a limud from the Pasuk that I can learn out that shows that what Rabbi Gamil did is, did is legitimate, it's binding, and you have no reason to fear. You should observe that as Yom Kippur, and that's and that's fine. You have no reason to, to not be comfortable. Shinemar, because the Pasuk says, Ela Moadei Hashem Mikre'e Kodesh Asher Tikru Osam. Now, it actually says it three times. It says Tikru Osam, and in those psukim, and Rabbi Akiva understood that the repeated superfluous phrase there says that you get to declare it, and it doesn't matter um, three times whether you did it. The halach is as the mission says: Bein bismanan, bein shlo bismanan, ainly moadot ela elu. Rabbi Kiva says that Hashem understands, says that whether you decree it in its, what well, let's call it as scientific reality when the new moon was visible or not, it doesn't matter. The only Rosh Chodesh that I recognize as Hashem is the Rosh Chodesh that the Bezen Shalmata decrees. That's all that matters. That's what, that's what's Koveya. That's what determines it. And Rabbi Kiva says the Drush is the Osam tell you a tem three times whether your mistake was a Shogeg, it was an accident, or whether your mistake was amazing, it was intentional, you actually purposefully declared the wrong day Rosh Chodesh for whatever reasons you did, or whether you've been misled by Adam. In all those cases, it doesn't matter. If the Bezin declares that Rosh Chodesh, it's Rosh Chodesh, and that's how Rosh Chodesh works. It's a halachic reality, not an astronomical reality. Bolo Eitzel Rebbe Dosib and Herkinus. Now, the proper pronouns here to understand are Rebbe Yoshua, now went to visit Rabbi Dos ben Herkinus. Rabbi Dos had started this, if you recall from the previous Mishnah, but it seems from not here in the Mishnah that Rabbi Dos had sort of backed down and sort of, let's call it now, he'd aligned himself with Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Gamliel, that we were going to go with Rabbi Gamliel, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and not the Rabbi Yoshua one. So he backed down from his position. Now, therefore, Rabbi Dos also tells Rabbi Yoshua that he should back down. Amar lo, Rabbi Dos said to Rabbi Yoshua, if we would now come to query the legitimacy of Rabbi Gamliel's Bezdin, declaring yesterday as, whatever day it was earlier in the week, uh, that first day as Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Chodesh, we would need to query every ruling of every Bezdin that ever happened. If the Bezdin stuff isn't binding, then maybe the calendar's all wrong and maybe who knows what. We have to queer everybody. But we don't do that. 
Why? Shneemar the Pasuk says, V'yal Moshe va'aron Nadav va'aviyu. Moshe and Aaron and Nadav and Aviyu, his sons, all went up, and the Shivim Mizikne Yisrael, and also 70 more elders. And now, Rabbi Dosa gives his drasha. Why did the Torah not say who these 70 were? That is nameless elders. It's because it's coming to teach you. Whenever you have a legitimate bezdin, they're just, they're legitimate. And the Torah has confirmed authorities upon them and that's binding. And they're just, what they say is just as binding as a bezdin with Moshe Rabbeinu himself. So, that being the case, Rabban Gamliel, which is legitimate bezdin, of course, declaring that occult 30th day to be Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Hashanah, the first of Tishrei, that's binding. That's it. There's no going down. And now Rabbi Yeshua has these two points. Rabbi Dosa back down, explaining that every bezin is legitimate. If they're legitimate bezin, there's a crease of legitimate. And Rabbi Kiva's drasha, which says that when the bezin declares Rosh Chodesh, is Rosh Chodesh, regardless of if there's some astronomical mistake. And therefore, Natal Maklo Ma'osa Biado, Rabbi Yeshua took his walking stick and his money, in his hand, Vahalach liyavne, Vahalach liyavne, he went to Yavna, Eitzel Rabban Gamliel, to see Rabban Gamliel, B'yom shechal Yom HaKippurim liyos b'cheshbono, on the day that Yom Kippur fell out according to his calculations, meaning what we'll call the 11th of Tishrei according to Rabban Gamliel. When he showed up, Ahmad Rabban Gamliel, Rabban Gamliel stood up for him, certainly a sign of deference, V'nashko al-rosho, and he kissed him on his head, which maybe, yeah, which is maybe not a sign of deference, but a sign of uh, showing, you know, he's like a father figure to him, if you will. And Amarlo and Rabban Gamliel said to Rabbi Yeshua, Bo b'shalom Rebi v'talmidi, come in peace, my master and my student. Master, Rebi, b'chachma, in terms of wisdom, because of course Rabbi Yeshua was the God of the door, and Rabban Gamliel was not disputing that. Rabban Gamliel said, you are absolutely the greater Talmud Chacham, and I defer to you. V'talmidi, but you've taken the position of being my my uh, subordinate, like my student, that you accepted my words, meaning you accepted my psak, that we are doing what we're doing, calling that day Rosh Hashanah and not backing down. And Rabbi Yeshua here, you know, says he did, did the right thing, and, you know, I'll call it happily ever after. However, if you learn the Gemara in Brachas, you will see not happily ever after. It seems that the students present, although this the story's over. This story's over. But they saw this episode as a terrible affront to the covenant of Yeshua, and that Rebbe really was um, overstepping his bounds and out of out of line, although he had the authority to do what he did, and they ended up, you know, following this this method. They certainly, uh, essentially, uh, I'll call it, held it against him as as something that was an inappropriate way to give proper cover to Rebbe Yeshua, the God of Lador. And um, later on, as we'll in, as is clear in Gemara Brachos, um, they they um, took umbrage and later on actually took action when it happened uh, yet again, really for the third time. And with that, we finish the second parak, and we have one more mishnah to go in the next parak about uh, Kiddush Chodesh before we move on to the lachas of Shofar.